Hello, world culture enthusiasts. We're back with another episode of Crossing Cultures, the podcast where guests from all over the world talk about the subtle, surprising, intriguing, and bizarre cultural differences in everyday life. My name is Asaf, and today I'm super excited about today's episode. Uh, as you may or may not know, we just came out of very turbulent elections in Israel, and like everything in Israel, every, it, election time is very intensive and very controversial. But today we're going to talk about democracy and the process of voting for um, voting for office and government officials in Japan, the US, Hungary and Venezuela in Israel. Before we begin, I want to ask you, the wonderful people that are watching or listening to us, uh, please head on over to our Facebook page, hit that like button and then when you're done, head over to our YouTube channel and please subscribe. And voila, now you've helped us a lot with a little bit of effort, and you've helped our mission to grow this podcast to more wonderful people like you. And if you happen to be looking for the podcast in any one of your favorite podcast streaming services and you couldn't find it, please let us know via Facebook, or you can write us an email at crossingculturespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to start it off. Who, uh, anyone here voted in the last Israeli elections last, uh, this week? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm just going to go through, for people who have <coughs> never voted in Israel, I'm just going to go through, kind of the tech, I want to hear the technical side of things. So in Israel, usually it starts, uh, you get this l- little white and pink slip in the mail. They send it to you about a few months before the elections, and that has the number of voting booth and where you're supposed to go when you vote. It's usually either a school or a community center or some kind of municipal office. And you go there, it, there's the, the ballots are open from 7 in the morning to like 10 p.m. You walk in and then there's this big cardboard kind of screen and behind it, maybe 40 or 50 different parties have these tiny little uh, notes. You get, an en- you get an envelope, you, you submit your ID so yeah, you, you walk in, you, get, you bring in your ID, you get one blue envelope, and you're supposed to put one note in that envelope. Maybe I'd say in Israel there's probably like um, 10, the, 10 political parties that are well known, and then maybe 40 more that you only encounter when you get to the ballots, which I've never heard of, and probably and they end up getting maybe like a few hundred votes tops. Um, so we'll talk about that and, and basically that's it. And then you go out and you, you, you have your, your little blue envelope and you put it inside and they manually cross off your name in, in the voting, uh, book booklet. And that's it. Everything's done on paper and even they count the votes on paper. So very, very old school. I don't know why. I don't know why we still do it, but that's kind of how we do it. So let's start with you guys introducing yourselves, and and then we'll go around and ask like how technically it's done, where you come from. So hi everybody, my name is Guillermo. I made Aliyah from Venezuela two years ago. Um, yeah, I just heard about this from 
friend. Did you so, vote? Yeah, I did vote. And did you vote in Venezuela? Mm, I did vote in Venezuela. So ju just tell me, like, how, how similar is it? Completely dissimilar. Right. First of all, I have to say I come from a third world country and we use electrical ballots. Mm -hmm. So we, we are in the startup nation, you know? Yeah. And we still use this non-eco-friendly way of voting where 27 ballots get printed by every voter. You have 27 pieces of papers printed uh -huh. just for you, and you just pick one, and the rest is just... At least, at least 27. Yeah, at least 27. Yeah. And you just pick one, and uh, the rest is trash. I so it's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I'll, we'll hear all about how you voted in Venezuela. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hello again, my name is Tetsu, and I'm from Tokyo, Japan, and I live in Israel nine years. And did you vote? When was the last time you voted in for an election an election in Japan? I think it was uh, two years ago, something. Okay. Yeah, but uh, it's in the embassy here. Okay. Not so in, in Japan, you can vote through an embassy if you're not for outside of like Japan. Like uh, if I'm a resident and mm -hmm. I have a paper on there, so mm -hmm. they will invite us to vote. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, my name is Mina O'Brien. Um, I made Aliyah two years ago from uh, Portland, Oregon in the United States. My name is Anwar. Uh, I live here, I don't know how many years because it's always changing. <laughs> Let's say netto <laughs> five. And uh, I'm not uh, allowed to vote in Israel, unfortunately, only in the municipality elections. So I vote for the Hungarian elections on the embassy and uh, I vote uh, locally for the municipality here in Israel. All right, so we have guests from Venezuela, from Japan, from United States, and from Hungary. Now let's go into the details because I'm, I'm super eager to learn. So <laughs> how do you vote in Venezuela? How does it work? Well, in Venezuela, when you are 18 years old, you're eligible to vote, and you had to register yourself in this register um, with your ID number. and. Just very similar to what like, what is um, costume in Israel, they send you a notification where is your voting center, which is normally a school or uh, one, one of those centers, you know. So you go over there, you give your Teudat Seud, your ID, ID and uh, they use your fingerprint as well like biometric. Mm -hmm. So they read it out, they say, yeah, it's... Is it like, is it ink and paper or is it like a scanner? Both. Okay. So they scan you to, in order to check who you are and then ink and paper in order to, you know, to acknowledge that you vote. Mm -hmm. And then they dip your finger in this like purple ink, which you cannot take off unless, uh, like until like one or two days. So mm. it's like you have mark, you have a mark. Okay, so, so there's no double voting. You, there is, vote. yeah, supposedly there is no double uh -huh. voting. Yeah, exactly. And right. you get a lot of people on Instagram posting yeah. the little finger. Oh, that's so yeah, awesome. saying that they vote and stuff. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. So. Any, any more in depth? I don't know, you wanna? We'll get to that, we'll get to that. Oh. All right. So. Tessa, yes. tell us about voting in Japan. Uh, same, like we got the envelope mm -hmm. and uh, they also explain where to vote, the date, place, and uh, we go vote. But we don't do any fingerprint to, uh, to prove. We just need this paper, mm -hmm. that's it. And that's it. And so how, like, 
how do you protect against voting fraud if someone wants to vote twice or uh, just doesn't happen? You know how many percent people are voting in Japan? Mm. I don't know. First, I tell you, <coughs> last time it was 48%. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's very low. So I think it's gonna higher than the U.S., though. Yeah? I believe mm. so. I believe the U.S. is in the 30-something percent. Mm. Interesting. It's very bad. So in this percent, who want to go to twice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to be very eager. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And is it done on paper? Is it electronic? Uh, when I did last time in Japan, it was a paper. Mm -hmm. like, uh, like a mark seat. Uh -huh. like oh, you have to fill in like a form, or do you, you put like a note? There is a form, mm. and uh, write the name. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Like an exam. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the U.S. Um, so the U.S. is a little bit complicated because it varies so much right. state to state. Um, across the whole thing, you get the right to vote at 18. Uh, you lose the right to vote if you're uh, a felon. Um, you have to... You have to register yourself. There's no automatic uh, registration there. Um, that varies place to place whether you can register the same day you vote or not and um, different uh, variations like that. Um, I've only ever voted in Oregon, which is, I believe, the only state to do 100%. Um, it's called absentee voting. So your ballot is mailed to your home. You fill it out. You sign it. You stick it back in uh, an envelope that came with it. You stick it back in the mail. Mm -hmm. um, which is a like voter participation uh, initiative, which I believe works pretty well. Um, in other places, in most other places, you have primarily you go to your polling place to vote, um, and then it also varies whether that's an electronic machine or a punch ballot. Um, yeah, there's a lot of variation across. And so, so in Oregon, how is it? Wh the last time you voted, was it like a, a um, a punch ballot, a voting machine. It's the it's the absentee ballot, so it, it gets okay. mailed to your home, and it's kind of it's kind of like a contract. You just go through it. Um, you know, you you write yes or no on the various measures. You write um, out of the choice of candidates which candidate you're voting for. You sign it at the end. You mail it back in. They check your signature to make sure it mm -hmm. looks like your signature. All right, I guess that works. And well, uh, in Hungary we get uh, also a piece of paper. That so that where to go and when to go, and we call it a uh, knocking uh, note. Uh -huh. Like uh, it used to be that somebody comes to your door and knocks it. Uh, so okay. It's knocking note, we call. But you don't need it for the voting. You just need to go to the place, uh, uh, show your ID and uh, your address card, mm -hmm. and uh, then uh, you just give your signature on the book that uh, contains all the voters. In Hungary, it's automatic. Everybody is in the on the list. If you are old and sick, uh, or you are sitting uh, in a police because you are arrested, mm -hmm. <laughs> then you can uh, ask for the moving urn. So uh, you just call the, the municipality and you say you want to vote, but you can't go, so people will come to you. Yeah. You can vote there. Yeah, you know, they, they had, the, I mean, they, they've, I guess they've always had that thing in Israel where you, you're supposed to vote in some place, but then, uh, you, you know, you can say, oh, well, I can't get to my voting place, so... There are a few places that you can go to, even if you don't live in the same city, if, mm. you're not, if you're not registered there, you have to fill in a form that says you have some sort of mobility problem um, or that you're either you're disabled or you have some other problem, and then you can vote there. And I remember there was a kind of, like a, a kind of I say I remember like it, it was a year ago, it was like this week. So some people said that it's, it's not okay, you should go and vote where you're registered. And then other people said, well, listen, as long as someone's going to vote, like why would they have to 
make sure it's the same place that they're registered in the Ministry of Interior Affairs, whereas they might be registered somewhere, you know, there, and then their driving license is from another city, and then, I don't know, they're, they live in another city, whatever. So, yeah, but I, I think in Israel the, the numbers are pretty high. People are very, very involved in politics. We'll, we'll get to that. But then also a lot of people don't vote just mm-hmm. because, because of a million reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so is there any difference between like state, municipal, national elections? I mean, first of all, for how long? You, we're all talking about the voting for parliament, right? So parliament in Israel is supposed to, supposed to sit for four years. I don't think that's, that's happened in the last at least 20 years. I, I don't think that happened. It's never the, happened in Israel as far as I don't think it ever <laughs> happened. Maybe, like, maybe before I was born, but as far no. as I can remember, mm-hmm. no government has completed the, 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 its term of four years. Um, so in, in how, does, how does it work in Venezuela? Like how, what's your term supposed to be? How do you, does, does it ever happen you complete? Does, is yeah, it does happen that people complete, like it's custom that people complete. There, I, I believe, if I'm not much mistaken about my national history, that there was this guy who, you know, just bailed out, let's say, mm-hmm. in the late 80s. But the rest, like, uh, we don't have something like a prime minister, we have a president, and everybody finishes their mm-hmm. periods. Or dies, which is which or is four years supposed to be. Uh, it was extended to six years by Chavez in the early two thousands, and uh, yeah, currently it's six years. It's a and six is years. there any limit on terms? Like you can only do. You so can many? be reelected only once, and you can be you can wait for another period uh-huh. and then be reelected like another time. Okay, I understand. But only like consecutively. Twice. twice. Okay, because in Israel there's no. There's no limit. You can, yeah. yeah I, like Ben Gurion was reelected. I don't know how many and, times, and, and, and just like and maybe now just broke his record, like for the most consecutive days in office, for I don't know, like I mean, almost ten years. Ah, Japan. Yeah. Okay, so we have two parliament. One is Shugin, which have a priority, and the other is Sangin. It's also have a right to deny. It. Mm-hmm. Which are decided by Shugin. Mm-hmm. So these two parliament each other four years. And you vote for both both houses at the same time? No, different okay. times. Different times. Yes, but they have each four time four okay. years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe like in the US, you vote for president, then you vote for Congress, and it's. Um, yeah, it's also mm. split up. Uh, the US doesn't have a parliamentary system uh, at all. Um, so there's no, uh, you know, forming coalitions, um, which is also arguably why we only have two major parties, since you can't, um, since you can't get, you know, minority seats. Um, yeah, either either you win or you get nothing. So we really just have the two. Um, presidents, uh, presidents can serve up to two terms, um, and they get voted on every four years. There's uh, basically nothing that can call a vote uh, early or late. Um, then separately, we have the Senate and the House. They also both have uh, re-elections at fixed rates. They don't have any uh, term limits. They can get re-elected uh, until they die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, kind of the higher up 
the, the latter is, the more attention that election gets. So presidential elections get the most amount of voter engagement. Uh, federal elections get more voter engagement than statewide elections get more than citywide elections, et cetera. Okay, so, so when you go and vote for the president, mm -hmm. does is it the name of the person on the ballot or is it the name of the, the it's party? It's the person. You vote for, pr the for people, specific not for person. parties. Okay. Yeah. And, and when you go to vote for Congress or for the House of Representatives or... Everything, every every position at every level, you're voting for an individual. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because in Israel, I'll just say we vote only for parties. There was right. one one election where they tried to make it personal, and they wanted to be like the U.S. that uh, it would, you know, decrease the number of of small political parties. But it ended up doing the exact opposite because people said, "Well, I can vote for the president that I want, but I can also use my other vote." To, to elect any any party that I choose, mm -hmm. but there was a, there was an attempt to go more towards um, like the U.S. system where there's only two parties because we are at the Why? other extreme. <laughs> because we're at the other extreme. Every er, in Israel officially there are parties that are meant to represent a very specific minority. Like officially, that's on their that's on their official creed. They only tend to this part of the population. Mm -hmm. And it does, I mean, there's, you know, there's pros and cons, but one of the cons is that, that it's very difficult, like we're seeing right now, it's very difficult to form a coalition because, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has only their, their, uh, their voters' interest in mind. And, you know, you, you end up compromising for almost everything. So the negotiation for coalition is, is very difficult. All right, and in Hungary? So we, we elect for four years, and when we go to the parliamentary elections, we have two votes. Once we vote for uh, the candidate of the uh, district where we live, and uh, the second is uh, for the party. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a super at, difficult it's a, At the same time? Yeah, it's on okay. the same day. It's two different papers. Uh, basically, the Hungarian system was the most difficult of the world. It has been simplified a couple of years ago, but it was you had the chance to get to mandate three different ways. Now it's only two, mm -hmm. only. Okay. So you can get from your district as the representative of your district or from the party, but the votes that went to the district and they didn't win, they compensate on the other list. Uh -huh. The uh -huh. people who, so this way okay. the winner takes it all is mixed. Basically impossible because uh, they give some votes also to the smaller yeah. parties. Yeah, in Israel there are some agreements that when if you vote for one party and then they don't make it because you have to you have to there's a threshold that you need to pass. You can't have just like one member of Knesset yeah. in the parliament. So if they don't pass the threshold, then they will transfer all their votes by contract to another party. So a lot of people take that into mind. They they say, okay, if I vote for this party and they don't pass. The, my vote still counts because it will move to another party. Yeah, we do it too. We right. also don't have any runoff voting, um, which is even more dangerous in a, in a system where you really only get two. Uh, so we have we have the mechanism of, of vote splitting to where we, when you have a party, um, for example, uh, a certain number of people think that the Democrats aren't far left enough and you have just enough, uh, you have just enough interest to run an independent candidate that independent candidate makes the Republicans mm -hmm. more likely to win because a vote saying, I don't think the Democrats are left enough, takes votes away from them. Mm -hmm. So you have, yeah, yeah. I, I think you get a lot more uh, 
yeah. representation but of the people in that, a parliamentary system. That's the game system. of politics. You have to you have to compromise. That's I mean that's basically the game. All right. So uh, we talked about like who is eligible to vote, and I think in Israel you, you have to be 18, and that's it. You you don't have to do and, and a citizen of course, but there's no other criteria. You don't have to be literate. You don't have to know who you're voting for. Um, that's just a law. I'm just, you can literally you can get your citizenship like at two like at noon and then at, at 15 minutes later you can vote even if you've never read a paper you've never um, you don't know anything and you never lose your your right to vote in Israel also which I think is it's it's also similar in most countries but in the US I know it's it's different yeah. so let's start with that like yeah um, so I'll, I'll put forward the completely neutral fact that uh, that felony disenfranchisement became a law right after black people got the right to vote. And what is a felony? Just for those who, like, what, what counts as a felony in the U.S.? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's, like, a wide definition of it, but mm -hmm. basically um, a misdemeanor is a small crime and a felony is a big crime. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so something like a speeding ticket is a misdemeanor. Um, there's something like, you know, theft under a certain dollar dollar value is a misdemeanor over a certain dollar value is a felony. Okay. All right. And what about Hungary? Basically, if you sit in prison, you're not uh, you're allowed, not allowed to, vote. to vote. You're you also can't be uh, elected. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, and is that you, you can you can and and people have <laughs> sat in prison and became elected even Amazing. after. So after you get out of prison, you can vote again. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So how about Japan and? Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be uh, over 20 years old, mm -hmm. and now they changed to 18. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, in case if you are in, sit in a prison or jail, uh, it can't. But uh, also, you need to give your residence sign. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, government don't know where you. Oh, you have to register your. Yeah. Residence? Okay. Like for example, I live in Tokyo, uh -huh. and uh, I moved to Osaka. And if I don't register in Osaka, so probably government send the letter to the Tokyo address. Uh -huh. And if they can transfer to Osaka, yes, I got it. But uh, the place to vote must be in the Tokyo. Ah, I see. Okay. So you must sign in a residence. Then you, you can't just vote wherever you want. No. Just, okay. Mm. What about Venezuela? Well, as far as I know, it used to be that you have to be alive to vote <laughs> and 18 years old and of course Venezuelan by nationality but in my experience and like what results have shown um, I don't want to get too political into this but last uh, last couple of elections have been uh, done by people who weren't Venezuelan who weren't given fake nationalities mm -hmm. dead people who rise from the death and voted and uh, yeah the there are a lot of inflation, but basically a lot of inflation of fake votes, I mean, or like unedibly votes. But basically you have to be 18 in Venezuela to vote. All right. Uh, so you can have um, something we call like antecedentes penales, like a background, a penal background. Mm -hmm. And uh, you there is a certain number of crimes you can commit in order to mm -hmm. not be eligible for voting. Interesting. So we'll get to, you know, there's like, I think there's a huge, there's, in everything we talk about, there's like a huge spectrum, you know, where you can vote wherever you want. You can vote only the place you have physically registered in. 
And also in the U.S., you can't vote if you have any sort of felony. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of what I'm about to say, but I think in Israel there is no crime that will make you lose the right to vote. And that includes, uh, let's say you are a spy against Israel or wow. you, are, you committed an act of terror. But if you are a citizen, then you can still vote. Wow. Uh, after the First World War, when Hungary lost a lot, like one-third of its territory, a lot of Hungarians got uh, outside of border, like Slovakia, Romania, uh, a lot of countries around. And a couple of years ago, uh, the Hungarians who live in the surrounding countries got vote, voting right, because they got citizenship from the government. Mm -hmm. So the government was hoping that... Uh, he will win the votes of the Hungarians living outside of the country, and basically, yes, it is happening. Ah. So, I don't know, Ukrainian Hungarians are voting also for the Hungarian government. Well, if they have citizenship. They have. Yeah. They never lived in Hungary, maybe never been there, but they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if you could vote, I guess, if you could vote in, in, in an embassy, then also a lot of Israelis who either have never lived in Israel or maybe lived just a very short time or left maybe 10 or 20 years ago would, would of course vote uh, you know for for the parliament because they feel a connection to it or they they have their interest that they want to take care of let's talk about the voting day okay so in Israel it's a it's a it's a day off nobody works unless you know you're a firefighter or whatever you there's like certain terms that you can work if you're if you're in a restaurant or a hotel service or something like that but basically it's a day off and people go to the beach people go shopping people go crazy shopping in israel they're like everything's on sale uh you've seen it and when you go out there are like campaigning campaigns everywhere now in israel uh we'll get to the subject like a little later that how do you um where do you meet your politicians but you see people that are very involved during the, vo the, the voting day wearing T-shirts, um, you know, bearing stickers, um, putting, you know, st um, bumper stickers, things like that. It's, it's very, very visual. You see the, the flyers everywhere. So kind of run me through the experience of if I visit Venezuela or Japan or the U.S. in, in voting day. Like, well, in Venezuela, voting day is always a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so it's no day off. It's just like a day of work for people, volunteers that go to the uh, to the poll place, and you know they have to sit from early in the morning till ten o'clock in the afternoon, in the night, uh, where everything's closed, and it's it's actually very chilled. People usually go out and you know eat with their families after voting. Nobody likes to go voting. Everybody whines about the week before voting, like, I don't want to vote, I don't want to vote, but like, we don't have a very uh, small abs abstinent voting. We are like, it's not that great, but it's like 68%. Okay. Just like, it's a So, uh, Japan same, only Sunday, and that's why, like, uh, except people really upset on the government, mostly people don't like a very go to vote. Mm -hmm. Like only when you really upset to government they go. <laughs> so it's like it's like <laughs> customer service. Uh, like uh, you know, I told you it's forty eight percent. Yeah. So that's why like uh, most of people on the Sunday mm -hmm. wanna go to date or a beach, mm -hmm. leisure trip. Yeah. So, so I think they should do like a normal day, take off, go. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you know, there there have been studies that try to see if that works if you take a day off, yeah. and it, it doesn't. Uh, it's not a hundred percent that it works. Some some places, like even in the U.S., I know some states have a day off, and some states don't have a day off. Mm. Voting rights are pretty pretty much the same. It's it's a very interesting. Okay, I wonder if like. Uh, you know, Japan, they have like 7-Eleven, those stores, mm-hmm. yeah. each 30 meter they have. Yeah, like yeah. Konbini. Konbini. So if they start accept to vote in a Konbini, yes, of course. then everybody... Because can. you can do everything. You can pay yeah. your bills, you can get your mail, everything. And because still people are paranoid for the vote in the internet. Ah, okay. So if not, so maybe convenience store, they start to do this. Yeah. Then it will be increase the percent. All right. Uh, yeah, and the U.S. voting is always on a Tuesday. Uh, it's not a day off. Um, and, uh, yeah, th- there's criticism that that discourages uh, basically anybody who's not salaried, anyone who doesn't have uh, flexibility in their workday. Um, there are proposals to make it a holiday. Unfortunately, people who uh, who gets exempted on a holiday is also mm-hmm. kind of vague, and the same people who tend to be... Uh, encouraged to work on a holiday are the same people who are already discouraged from voting by yeah. being during well, the Well, I'll just say, I, I, read some <coughs> I read some studies before this show uh, about like voting rates, and, and it's very inconsistent. You know, mm. some countries it's a day off, some countries it's always a weekend or a Sunday, and some countries you get fined if you don't vote. But uh, voting rates, nonetheless, are kind of ubiquitous. You know, they're pretty much the same. They don't really change. I mean, you can't. It's it's very hard. To, I haven't found one study that could, like, group together countries who find people who don't vote, or p- countries who don't, and and correlate that with voting rates. It's 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 really all over the place. So it's, it's just. A, I'm just saying, it's a question, still an open-ended question, if if how to get people to vote. I think you shouldn't call it a right. It should be called either a privilege or uh, a must. Mm-hmm. Duty. Mm-hmm. A a duty. Duty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you say it's your civic duty, yeah. right? But yeah. then, but then again, a lot of people all over the world, all over the world, people are reluctant. They don't want to vote yeah. for so many reasons. I'd be hesitant to call it a privilege because privileges get taken away. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, let's talk about um, where you meet your, your politicians, okay? Because I know in the U.S. there's public debates that are, on, that are televised. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that in Japan, a lot of politicians really hit the, actually hit the street to talk to people. It's, it's very common, like literally in the street. Uh, in Israel, we don't really have public debates. I think we had like one or two that were kind of experimental, didn't do too well. So you basically, if you want to learn about your representative, you either go to their website, if it's, you know, nowadays you go to their website or you go to their social media page, um, or you had to read like the pamphlets that they they hand out or things like that or go to one of their uh, rallies. Two things that are pretty common is one, there's, we call it hugebait, which is like a, it's like a, like a house party that uh, you would do. That you'd have a member of Knesset or somebody from a specific political party gather up people, maybe 10 or 20 people in a person's house and someone's, someone would volunteer their house 
and they would sit with them and talk to them for sometimes a few hours to get them to either either donate or uh, you know participate in some way and the second thing is which is very uh, declining very fast is you get um, these uh, video cl these clips these like um, I don't know how to call it but like every every party has a few minutes of airtime on TV on the national channel that they could uh, broadcast like between 8 p.m. and like 8.30 or something like that. I'm not sure about the time. And so, and then you get to see everyone. You, you get to see like the, the big parties and the tiny little parties because they all get the funding to do like a very short commercial. Some of them, you know, they have a lot of money so they, they'll get the best people. They, you know, they'll, they'll use visual effects and editing and stuff like that. And then other people will just sit at home with like one camera and it kind of looks like something that very, very low production value. So that is a way to meet your politicians and kind of to get to know what they represent. So how does it work in, in, in Venezuela? How do you know? First of all, I want to say something about here in Israel. <laughs> it's the absolute spamming of text messages and calls. I don't know about yes. you guys if like this week was horrifying. Yes. I've been blocking numbers and yeah. of course. numbers. You know, I'll, just, I'll just say that in, in Israel it's illegal to, to send someone a text message if you are a business. Okay, you can't like send someone without their consent. And even if you send, you have to have an, you have to add the possibility to uh, unsubscribe. But since all these these uh, laws were written and selected by the Knesset, then they exempted themselves. So now you can get and you are spammed. If you are an Israeli citizen, you have an Israeli number. You are spammed during election week. I talk. I talk with politician. <laughs> you talk to no, not talk. It was tape. Okay. Yeah. Politician talking to me. Oh, so oh yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's <laughs> like robocalls. Ro robo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, thank you, Guillermo. Isn't that's that, another way to... Isn't that illegal? Like, for example, I don't know. Well, if you US write the rules, then the you rules. know. If it's it's illegal in the U.S., right? Where to have machines calling you. Um, it's, n uh, robocalls are not illegal. Um, there are... I think there's something th like there's a mechanism to get yourself placed on a do not call list, which, um, which pretty pretty much stopped the process. Um, but it's up to you to opt out mm -hmm. uh, from a business standpoint. So wait, uh, so how do you know like what a politician stands for? Is it only on TV? Or? No, actually, it's it's pretty cool. Venezuela has been for pretty much of its contemporary history very much polarized between like the poor and the rich. Mm -hmm. So uh, politicians are always the one that represents the rich or the savior of the poor and it goes just back and forth with that uh, dance. But what they all do, or most of them all do, is like they do travel uh, around the Venezuela, they, around the country, they do campaign mm -hmm. and um, yeah, they go from city to city, from town to town, they go out, they meet people, they do rallies, people go out, they do manifestations with flags and people you know, you know just to get to know them and actually they're it's kind of nice to, to have politicians being quoting celebrities mm. they also have like Instagram uh, more recently they have everyone has Instagram and they're always posting stuff and Twitter uh, they have fa Facebook accounts obviously they don't manage them they have somebody else to manage them but they're all over social media I mean like I think in Venezuela that if you don't have a social media you nobody will know who you are as a mm. politician 
uh, in Japan, already major politician doing a party, invite celebs, smallest, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter while in the election or not, they're already famous uh-huh. for this activation. But how do you know like what, what they stand for? How do you... Okay, we have, blo- like, uh, while in election times, we, like, a uh, national broadcast center mm-hmm. always broadcast the candidate. Mm-hmm. But this time is so crazy show because, um, like, uh, 30% of the candidate is totally, like, a crazy slogan. Last election, we had one candidate. He want to destroy this uh, national broadcasting center. <laughs> so he said, let's destroy the National Broadcasting Center. And he brought a lot of the candidates. So it was all on the TV. And uh, it was, but uh, he win, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> he got one seat. And after he win, he, uh, he collected three other politicians uh-huh. from other party. Now he have a four sheet. Okay. <laughs> But you can see a lot of crazy clowns on TV. Yeah. <laughs> but some people just uh, really crazy, but some people doing a clown, but when they become the politician, he become really normal, okay. like a good. Uh, you, with with <laughs> great good. power comes great responsibility. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, so in the U.S., um, first in terms of uh, presidential elections, um, you have... Uh, the round of primary debates with uh, just Republicans and just Democrats, um, and that's really getting out of hand. You're getting, you know, you're, you're getting a stage with 15 people on it, um, and then once uh, once candidates are selected, um, there are usually three or four uh, debates between the candidates mm-hmm. hosted by the different networks. Um, the U.S. also has the quirk of the uh, electoral college. And that means that each state is assigned a number of points based on the size of their population. And then it doesn't matter if the candidate wins 50.5% of the vote or 90% of the vote, they get all of those points. Um, so that uh, that means that candidates spend their time in states that are in question, states that like sometimes vote red, sometimes Sw- vote swing blue. Swing states. Swing states, exactly. Um, so like I said, I come from Oregon, which is which is not a swing state. They're really only five or six swing states in each election. Mm-hmm. Um, Which are, I think, Ohio, Florida, and... Yeah, nobody ever cares about Ohio except during presidential elections. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so in addition to the debates, uh, candidates will also do these live events, these these town halls, these rallies, whatever. Um, I've I've never seen one done in Oregon. Like, it, it, they really focus their attention on um, either, you know, California, Texas, like, stuff that gets attention, or the swing states um and then not specifically presidential for for congress and governor mm-hmm. or whatever um yeah they reach out to you via via social media you hear about them through uh through news events through rallies through through talking points mm-hmm. um yeah pretty much it comes to the media all right when you talk about hungary and politics it's a must to mention that uh, 30 years ago we had the changing of the regime because we were, uh, you know, occupied by the Soviet Union and we mm-hmm. had socialist uh, system, but basically, okay, there were at the end there were already two candidates from the same party, so basically uh. you can you could choose between the people, but it was the same party, so <laughs> it was a kind of, uh, you know, democratic system that was nothing behind. So our political culture now is like 30 years old, that is close to zero. Yeah, of it's course. very young. And after the the changing, it was. Um, 
It was a very kind, very nice, very gentleman-like uh, system. People were really polite to each other. Everybody in the parliament were very educated. And uh, of course, after 30 years, we kind of lose it. We don't have mm. uh, this kind of very naive and friendly political uh, mm. uh, attitudes uh, anymore. So I just wanted to ask, in, in Israel and Hungary, um, I, know, I know in Israel, like the, the time of campaign like is a set amount of time, right, that people are campaigning. It's like a period I of I think it's months. officially, uh, like, officially it's two weeks, but it's all year round, of course. I mean, officially okay. it's supposed to be, like, you get, you get to broadcast your, your um, commercials for two weeks. But isn't it it's something like three months between the calling of elections and, and voting, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. In Hungary, it's this way. Like uh, the president says that okay, this is the date of the elections, and then the campaign starts officially. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's. <coughs> so yeah, there's the difference that in the U.S. there's no, uh, there's nothing to guide how much time people should spend campaigning. Yeah. Um, so like as a rule of thumb, presidential elections are two years, which is half of a term. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whenever I hear Israelis talk about like, oh my God, the election, this campaign is lasting for too long, I'm always like, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know what it's like. Um, yeah, and then that, that norm might be changing um, because uh, Trump started holding uh, what he described as campaign rallies uh, weeks after his inauguration. Mm. All right. U.S. elections have an impact also in Latin yeah. countries, like mm -hmm. Venezuela. Yeah, like sure. Everybody go crazy about it. It's like watching the, I don't know, I just Super Bowl. It's something uh, <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, we used to have these political debates in the TV, in the national TV. There was all the candidates uh, the for prime minister invited and everybody could talk about the programs. We don't have it anymore, but every uh, party got five minutes now after the before the last elections, they got five minutes and we have a joke party, the two-tailed <laughs> dog party. Two-tailed <laughs> two dog. Two-tailed dog. Right. And basically they said... How, how is it called in Hungarian? Két farkú kutyapárt. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the guy who went in, they said, everybody, okay, everybody said, every oppositional party said that it's ridiculous that they are never invited to the TV. They get five minutes in four years uh -huh. to introduce themselves. So the joke party's guy, the candidate, went in in a chicken costume Mm -hmm. and, ah, uh, so same thing happened in Hungary, yeah. like Japan. And uh, the reporter was asking serious questions, like, okay, I was reading your program, it was 7,600 pages, I read it, of course, <laughs> and uh, I want to ask you questions about it. And the guy in the chicken costume said, and this was the five minutes. That's uh, <laughs> hilarious. All right, okay, I want to ask a, a, a huge question in a very short period of time. So imagine that somebody is listening listening to this episode and they don't know anything about Japanese politics, they don't know anything about American politics, they don't know anything about Israeli, Hungarian, Venezuelan politics. Let's try and sum up, I'm going to try and do the impossible, sum up like the Israeli political map in, in very few sentences. I'm going to say that in Israel, basically, the way I see it is the political map is, is there are three axes. Axes? Axes? Mm. Uh, one is the secular versus religious axis, which either wants to turn everything a little bit more conservative, more religion, put religion more into uh, the law, or the other way, which is to take religion out as a, out from the laws and allow everyone to do what they want, even if it's against the Jewish religion or other religion. That's axis number one. Axis number two is, of course, um, let's call it the... What, we, what usually people talk about when they talk about Israel, the political situation, is either 
the two-state solution or some other kind of uh, peace agreement with uh, our neighbors, or the other, these are called the pigeons, and the other, it's called the doves, sorry, the doves, the doves, it's the same word in Hebrew, so dove, or the hawk, which is a a very nationalistic view of uh, not giving any land away, not even in the price of not signing any peace agreement. And the third axis, of course, is the economic axis between uh, socialism and pro-union, you know, funding of government, uh, things like that, and the other part, which is, you know, very liberal, capitalistic. So that is, and everything else, every every political party in Israel is kind of somewhere located in, in that kind of matrix of, mm-hmm. of decisions. So that was my attempt to wrap up the Israeli political map. Now it's your turn. Okay, Venezuela is polarized between communists and normal people. <laughs> That's it for me. That's it? Yeah. All right. And so Japan? Japan, uh, <coughs> there is a strong uh, party it's called LDP, Liberal Democratic Party. This is a major. And the uh, rest is against him. Like uh, there is a communist, mm-hmm. which are strong but small. Mm-hmm. And the socialist is almost going to die. Mm-hmm. And there is a Democrat. But uh, it's like uh, middle but a little bit to left. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a patriot in a few percent. And what are like what are the focal points that people like? Uh, mostly economic. Mostly economic, and they try to bring the subject more about uh, national security or this issue. Mm-hmm. But still, nobody care more about the economy. I see. All right, Mina. Um, God, that's a big question. <laughs> um, but I would say that, uh, unfortunately, we only get one political axis. You really only get Democrats and Republicans. We don't, uh, we don't get enough choices to get three axes. That sounds really nice. Um, very generally speaking, Republicans tend to line up uh, more conservative. Democrats tend to line up more social. Um, yeah, and to someone outside the U.S., I would I would warn them, especially coming from either a European system or a parliamentary system, um, that because we don't have that parliamentary mechanism, uh, our political window is much smaller. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that that window moves around, but the left and the right are closer to each other than you would expect coming from outside the system. All right, yeah. Anna. Our system is also much more simplified than yours. It's much much more homogeneous uh, society. So basically, it's left and right. Or now, recently, it's more uh, the government that is a right conservative and the opposition, who is extremely divided. Uh, the second the strongest party is a far right, really hard uh, extremist party. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some leftish uh, leftovers of the, the regime changing parties. Basically. All right. That's it. So we're going to have to wrap up. We, we almost, we're not going to make it to our rapid fire question, but I, I'm, I'm still going to have one, one rapid fire question. So I want you to do it as fast as possible. What is your favorite local, as in where you come from, your favorite local fictional character? <laughs> if you have the answer, just answer. Obama's cancer gun. What? Yeah. What? Apparently, one of Obama shot a ray, a cancer ray, to Chavez and gave him cancer. So that's my favorite. All right. Well, I'll have a link in the description. Wow. 
Mina. Um, I kind of want to tie it into politics and say President Bartlett from the West Wing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. But I'll also say Chidi from The Good Place. Okay. And? For me, it's Gombots Artur. It's a round Arthur, okay? He's from a, he's from a tail, uh-huh. and he's eating all kind of chocolates, and he can talk five minutes that I like this chocolate and this chocolate. It's five minutes he's telling. Just five, describing uh, chocolate? Yes. That's my favorite. All right. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just say, there was a character, a comic book character in Israel called Super Schlumper. <laughs> uh, Schlumper in Hebrew means like somebody who, who keeps like failing and doing like mistakes. So he was like a superhero that is very clumsy. Okay. And which is kind of like the Israeli. Okay. In a way. You have, do you have a, a fictional character of us? That's a okay. Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Nice. All right. Okay. So that is a good, good way to, to transition into the end of our show. I want to thank my guests, you were great. Again, this is something we could talk about for days, but we don't have the time. So thank you, and thank you everyone who was watching. If you want to talk to us, please let us know how things are where you're from. We want to hear from you. Look at our Facebook page. Please like us on Facebook and give us a subscribe on YouTube so you won't miss any of our episodes. Send us an email. We're going to have the email written down. Um, and if you want to be a guest, if you want to comment, if you want to say anything, we welcome you to talk to us and, and let us know if you have any suggestions. So that's it for now. And thank you very much. See you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.